Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, that was Aretha Franklin from a while back, so uh, I don't know, it kind of gets the, the juices flowing a little bit. You know, we, we tried this morning, but, but she gets it done. So, so hopefully that, that kind of got you moving a little bit. And it, it's, it, you listen to something like that, you can't help but get happy. Now, uh, this is the third week of Advent, and we're, we're still trying to figure this Advent stuff out. We were actually supposed to light the pink candle today. We missed. But, but I, I, we can let it burn. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up next week. So, uh, but this is the third week of Advent, and we're talking about joy. And... I don't know about you, but joy is kind of the signature on the Christmas season. You know, families get together, it's time to, to have some parties and laugh and, and just enjoy this time of year. I mean, you might not have to work as much as you normally would, you know? It, it's a time to celebrate. But as much fun as it is to get together, we need to remind ourselves constantly for the reason for this season, the reason for the joy. In Luke chapter 2, and we read this text last week, I'm going to read it again. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be, cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has born, been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. Can you picture that in your mind, what it must have been like? See, I, I don't get tired of the Christmas story. I like to read it as much as possible. And, you know, sometimes we end up doing it, maybe we, we hold off and just do it for the Christmas season. But it, it really doesn't hurt to read it during the year to remind us, you know, this is... This is what it's all about. All this other stuff, all these trappings, that's not the reason for the joy. It's the fact that this child was born. They called him Jesus. Now last week we were looking at one aspect where we were talking about the peace, the order, the rule and the reign of God that broke in whenever Jesus came. But it was good news. We need to understand the good news that would bring great joy. Derek Morphew, vineyard pastor and scholar from South Africa, says, When the kingdom comes, there is always a sign of joy. 
Joy is the free delight, the, the great pleasure and happiness that rolls in when Jesus comes. The fingerprints of joy, I like to call it that, are all over this story. It's all over this season. You can't help but experience joy, even if you're having a hard time. Now, we're going to look at the pre-Christmas story a little bit, and then we're going to go past the Christmas story so we can see how joy can affect our lives and change our lives. Now, if you remember in the pre-Christmas story, Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, gets pregnant. This lady has never had a child before. She's up in age. The Bible doesn't tell us how old she is, but she and her husband are, are, are getting older. And he's a priest, and he does what he does, and she's at home, and she has no children. And the Lord comes to her, or, or comes to her husband, and tells, tells the husband, You're, you, she's going to have a child. And she has a child. Or she gets pregnant. Well, not too long after that, Mary also gets visited by an angel, and, and the angel tells her that she's going to give birth to the Messiah. Well, it's cool that the angel tells her, go see your cousin Elizabeth. And, and it, it, the story unfolds like this in Luke chapter 1. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And ladies, I, I think you could probably understand that a lot more than I can. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. Having children, I think, is possibly one of the most joyous occasions. Would you agree? I mean, there's nothing quite like it. The baby shows up, and everybody's excited. There may be complications, but everybody's still excited because there's a new life. Tomorrow, our oldest will turn 25 years old. And I can tell you this morning, standing here, that I still feel the feelings that I felt whenever that child was born. And I, I won't bore you with all the details. I can tell you the whole story, and I, I think it's a fantastic story. But, but you, we might be here a little bit longer than, than you'd like. But... Whenever, it, there was actually a false alarm whenever he was born. And this is the day before cell phones. So, Danelle called me at work and told me, I'm going to the hospital. So, I got on the phone and I called my mom. Well, see, your mom, your mom was with you. So, it was, I called my parents and I called her grandparents. We're going to the hospital. And so, I was just about to leave and I got the phone call back from Danelle don't bother. It's a false alarm. We're on our way back home. Okay. So I called my parents. They were gone. I called the grandparents. They were gone. It was a four-hour drive from where my parents lived to where we lived in Victoria. And so we had to wait four hours later. And I think they actually made it a little bit faster than that. 
uh, Danelle's grandparents, they, they showed up within two hours. They were coming from Houston. And so they show up at the house and they're like, okay, wh- where do we get to the hospital? And then Danelle comes walking in and they're like, what are you doing here? And so for the whole week, this was on Monday. Chris wasn't born until Friday. We had family staked out, and they're taking her to the mall, and they're walking around, and, you know, they're taking her over rough roads, and, you know, I mean, just all kinds of stuff to make sure that that baby showed up. And so Friday rolled around, and, and, and we were, you know, it, I, I don't know if we're going to have to wait, maybe have to induce. I mean, we really didn't know what was going on. Four o'clock in the morning came, and, and so we started making all the phone calls. And, and um, my mom was, was in the same house where we were, and so we're, we're going to the hospital. My mom jumped straight up in the bed, and she's just standing there, and she's, she's ready to go to the hospital. And Danelle's mom, she called the grandparents, and they said, we're going to go back to bed. This is going to be a few hours. This was our first child. It's going to take a little while. But all day long in the hospital... I, I mean, the whole Blanco family was there, and there was a lot more of the Blanco family than there were the Knoxes. And my, my sister and her kids were there. I mean, it was, it was just excitement. And when Christopher showed up, I mean, and, and the, the cool thing about it, there, there was a full moon, and there had to have been at least 10 other mothers who were there having their babies at the same time we were. So, you know, it, there was just all this excitement. And, you know, you're in the waiting room and you go to the, you see the, the baby through the window and all that excitement. I'll never forget it. Well, this story is about a baby that was unlike any other baby. He would save the world from their sins. He was the Messiah. He was the one that everybody was looking for. So I can imagine whenever the the shepherds are hearing this from the angels, this kind of an announcement, this has to be the one. And so after they recovered from being shocked by seeing the angels out in the middle of nowhere, they gathered themselves together, they took off, and they, they were searching for the Christ child. There was joy and excitement in their little caravan. You see, the inbreaking of joy comes in the birth of Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 say that when the, time, the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. See, this was the appointed time. This is what everybody was waiting for. And He had come. Jesus came to set the world right. He came to set men free, women free, everyone free. It's a big deal. But there's more. The spread of the gospel message is a remarkable story. That was kind of a quick shift, but it's okay. You you can follow me. It's a remarkable story to tell. If you think about it, I mean, there was Jesus and 12 disciples. There were 72 other disciples that weren't necessarily part of that group of 12. And then there were however many number of of followers that, that followed Jesus around everywhere He went. It's a little secluded area in the Middle East. 
when you come to look at it. it. Look at it on the map. It's amazing that how that story expanded and went out from beyond that region. It, it very possibly could have just stayed right there. But through God and His, and His wisdom and His providence, we've seen the gospel message go from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. And if you think about it this morning, all across the planet, the world, there are people that are meeting, doing the very same thing that we're doing, celebrating the birth of Christ. Now, if, if, they're, if they're celebrating Advent, you know, this is kind of a new thing for us, but, you know, the, they're talking about joy this morning. We're talking about joy. We're sharing this same message. One of the coolest things that's happened for me in the last year, um, and I'm going to kind of tell myself a little bit, uh, I have a lot of friends on Facebook, and a lot of these people are people I haven't really met. And it's usually because they're friends of friends, and you know, and, and I think we all know how that works. Danelle is a little bit more discreet about who she accepts as friends. For a long time, I would just accept anybody that, that, that gave me an, an invite. And then that, that, that opened me up to, you know, getting spammed and, you know, and, and all kinds of weird stuff. And, you know, so I, I've been a little bit more discretionary. Well, something, and I, I think it must have been whenever we came on staff here at this church, um, all these, these pastors from around the world started sending me friend requests. And a lot of these guys were from Africa. And, you know, your first thought is, okay, well, you get the, the email that says you got a, you know, a check waiting for you in Nigeria. And, you know, that, that they're, uh, you know, that you're going to get the big payoff. Just give, give your personal information and, you know, and then we'll verify it and send you the check. You got those emails, I guess. Well, I got a, a friend request from, from this guy. And he, he had several of the same friends that I have. And, uh, and, and he started sending me these, these messages during the week. And it was always, praise the Lord, brother, how are you doing? Um, how's you and the family? And, you know, and, and it was, at first I was kind of dismissive, you know. Well, then, I don't know what it was one day. He, I, he, he sent me a message and I started looking. He says that he's a vineyard pastor in Uganda. His name is Nayuri Julius. And so we, we've started exchanging these, these, and it's just little simple stuff. I mean, you know, when you don't know somebody and you're exchanging stuff, it's kind of elementary. Well, I found out that he, this guy really is a pastor. And, and he, he, he started sending me stuff. And so, you know, I, I, would, I, I started reading his profile and, and keeping up with his thing. And, and uh, this last week, he actually had to bury his father. And, and he and I have been just, it, just in, in, the, in the course of our week, just these little short messages. And pr- pray for me as I go to bury my father. And, and he was gone for a week. And I, I, you know, I, I didn't realize. And he, he, he came back and he told me, I'm back, brother. And, uh, but the fact that, and it gets me excited. Nayiri had church last night. And the, the funny thing about him being in, in Uganda, I think it's, uh, Dennis, you can tell me, it's what, six, seven hours ahead of us? Is that yeah. something like that? So usually I would get messages from him just as I was going to bed because <laughs> he was getting up and getting ready for their services on Sunday. And he always wanted to send them 
like whenever they got up for church, you know, and then, then I, I would respond to him and I didn't realize, you know, that I'm sending you messages and you're getting ready to go to bed. So we kind of figured it out and we were, we're sending them like in the middle of the day, you know, and, but, but we've just been exchanging back and forth and it's just given me just a whole new realization about what's going on around the world. The kingdom of God is expanding. It's growing. He's talking about the stuff that he's seeing in his meetings where they, they pray for people. People get, get delivered from all kinds of stuff, um, demonic type things, sickness, disease. And, you know, and I, I'm, he, he's telling me about these things. It's like, man, uh, we, we might need to get after it over here, you know. But, but the, the thing is, we're all part of the same kingdom. We're all part of what God is doing around the world. In living rooms, grass huts, and churches all over the world, in the middle of small towns and big cities, under, the sh under shade trees, under the cover of freeway overpasses. Do you realize that, that people actually hold meetings under overpasses in Houston and other large cities that have these huge freeways? I mean, everywhere that people come together in the name of Jesus, we're celebrating the same thing. We're celebrating the same Savior. And we're experiencing the same inbreaking of joy that Elizabeth and Mary and the shepherds experienced. I don't know about you, that, that gets me really excited. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am in their midst. That's a powerful promise. And the same Spirit fills us with joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. How many of y'all remember that old hymn? We used to wear that song out whenever I was growing up. But that's what we're talking about. Joy. It's joy that drives us. Joy that keeps us moving forward. There was a friend of ours that passed away recently. Danelle got to go to the funeral in Conroe. His name was John Cotlin. When we met John, he was, he was a hermit. He's just this little, unassuming little man. And he never left his house. And the house was just right around the corner from our church. And, you know, we're, we're, we would canvas the, the neighborhood and you know, give out things for, for like Valentine's Day and, and whatnot. Well, well somebody ended up going over to John's house. And first time he knocked on the door, he, would, he didn't answer the door. Finally, they kept knocking because they could, they could see that somebody was at home. And he finally, uh, he finally unlocked the door and just opened the door just enough to look around it. And I think they ended up giving him a carnation and inviting him to church. Well, he knew anything about John and he showed up to church one day. And in the course of things, he, he started coming to church. And then some folks ended up going to visit him, and they found, it out, or founded, found out that, that he, he was living. He was, he was a hoarder. He had all this stuff in his house. And so he, he went to one of the men on the staff and said, Hey, uh, can I get some help cleaning out my house? And so they went through, and they, 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 they pulled out the trash and pulled out stuff. Well, he had all these things that he would buy, and he'd, he'd buy these knife sets, and he would buy these tool sets. He'd buy all this kind of stuff. 
And so he's, he's getting all this stuff together, and whenever Christmas came around, he comes to the church, he's got, I've got all kinds of presents to give to people. And everybody's like, oh, nice, John. Because, I mean, John was real quiet, and he never really talked about stuff. But, but John got really excited. And, and the thing that was happening in John was joy was coming back. And that Christmas, I'm telling you, everybody went home with a tool set. They went home with a, a pocket knife. They went home with, with flashlights. I mean, we, we, we still have pocket knives. He'd just, he'd just give them to us. And, and he, he gave and gave and gave and gave, and he didn't have anything. He's just a little retired man. And it was just so neat to see. And, you know, and as he got older, he'd still come to church. And, you know, and he would sit there in his pew, and, and, and he really didn't sing very much. But, man, he, you could tell that, that he was full of joy, and he loved to give. That's what joy can do. That's what joy can do when it breaks into the human heart. Jesus said in John chapter 8, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And that freedom comes with joy. The inbreaking of joy comes with the expansion of the kingdom. We're part of something big. And we just, sometimes we just forget about it. All right, I'm moving along. Luke chapter 10. Well, there, there's a word of caution, sorry. There is a word of caution. We get all excited about what, what God's doing. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, After the Lord appointed His 72 elders, or 72 others, He sent them out to, by, two by two ahead of Him to every town and place where He was about to go. And He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to, every, to overcome every other power of the enemy. Nothing will be able to harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's really what it's about. I mean, we might see all kinds of miraculous stuff going on, but the most important thing is the relationship that we have with Jesus. Now, we know that life isn't easy. As the commercial used to say, life comes at you fast. There's all state. But it can also be relentless. And... We know people who don't like the holidays, and it's usually because they've experienced things that have harmed them and, and have hurt them. You know, if you lose somebody, you just don't really look at the holidays the same. Well, we've come to, to understand that hard times come, and there's an old saying that says, it came to pass, it doesn't have to stay. And joy isn't like happiness which is affected by our circumstances. My old Sunday school teacher, Sister Cook, I didn't realize she had a first name until she passed away. Her name was Sybil Cook, but we called her Sister Cook. She liked to say in, in our Sunday school class when I was growing up, happiness is temporary, joy is eternal. The psalmist said, weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So is it possible to find joy 
that lasts? Is it possible to find something that will get us through times when they get hard? The writer of Hebrews gives us a road map. He writes in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I like to think that joy is a fuel that sustains us and get hard and get rough. And like the writer says, it's also a great safeguard angry and becoming bitter in our circumstances. If you're going through hell, keep going. We can't keep hard times from coming, but joy will keep us going through them, and Jesus will sustain us while we're in them. The inbreaking of joy comes in the course of our journey. Listen to the words of Isaiah from the Old Testament. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I could keep reading in that, that, that chapter, but hopefully you, you get it that the Lord will be with us. The Lord comes to us in our time of trouble. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to give in to, to the, the, all the, the oppressive feelings that we feel at times because the joy that comes will sustain us. This is why we sing joy to the world. Because our Lord has come. Jesus is our joy. So can we stand together? I've just become mindful as I've, I've gotten older that people don't necessarily see things the way that I do. And, you know, and while I get excited about Christmas, there may be those that don't really get excited about it for whatever reason. And, and that's okay. I, I try not to be too annoying about it, but, but you know, every now and then it, it might, might just spill over. But I also understand that, that things happen to us. And sometimes it's, it's of our own doing. Sometimes it's something that, that we had no... No party in it, it just, it just happened. But I, I believe that the Lord wants to restore joy. I believe the Lord wants to give us joy where we may not feel it, where we, we, we would like to feel better and we just don't know how.
so I, I want to I pray with, with you this morning. Um, I'm going to invite the, the prayer team up in just a second. But, but there, there's really two things that I want to pray for in regard to joy. If you need joy, if you're in a place and you, you feel it, I'm dry, I'm thirsty, I need the Lord to show up. I need the inbreaking of joy into my life to, to bring, back, bring back the bounce in my step, bring back the, the lift that I just don't feel like I have. And maybe you, you're okay, but you would like to be able to spread joy to others. Maybe you know somebody who needs joy, and God has put them in your life, and you want to be able to impart it to them in whatever way possible. So that's going to be our prayer focus this morning. And if you're here and, and, and you, need, you need prayer for healing or deliverance or anything like that, we want to pray with you. So I'm, I'm going to say a quick prayer of dismissal. If you're on the prayer team, come up front. If you need prayer, and it, it's early. You don't have to, have to worry about missing the, the, the lunch line. It's, it's, it, you, you've got plenty of time to get there before the Baptists get there. Oh, sorry, that was bad. Uh, anyway, I better hush. Father, we thank you. This